It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Coming up on Unreasonable Odds, this week's episode, we sit down with Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook, for a segment of Odds Are. Julian asks what the people need, what the counter needs this week. We'll also dive into a little hoops because we know the football season is ending. We will dive into some college basketball, uh, some NBA looks from Julian as well. And we'll wrap it up with the NFL Week 16, some spots we like the week before Christmas and an update on the awards market. All coming up on Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Welcome in another week of Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Brendan Glasheen with Julian Edlow. We have producer Samir behind the scenes. We will hear from him later in the show. He's getting confident, Julian. He's riding high on a few best bets wins. We will recap some bets. Is it actually a few? Yeah, I think he's on a little bit of a run here. Uh, All the power to him. And they're not first quarter plays. They are full game NFL sides. Real uh, plays. Last couple of weeks, real plays. Um, But we'll we'll start with that. We're going to dive into a little basketball today. Uh, Julian's got some looks in college as well as the NBA. Uh, We'll get to the NFL later in the show. And also a college football bowl game that Julian will ask Johnny Avello about uh, in the Odds Are segment with the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. We'll wrap with NFL Latest on this week's slate, week 16, and also uh, an update on the awards market and where uh, there, there might be some value if you haven't got involved yet on MVP, Coach of the Year. Uh, just an update from last week's episode when we had Dan Lifshatz of 98.5 The Sports Hub on. So uh, let's start with recapping best bets. I was on the Chicago Bears, who really uh, in a soggy, soggy game uh, that took place against Cleveland, they had a Double-digit lead at one point. Joe Flacco leads a comeback, forces overtime, and plus three pushes. You were on, and this is this is like if you've been tuning into the the podcast now the last, really the last month and a half, two months really. Julian's just circled like one of those big games on the slate where the market might not be fully corrected or it's overreacting to previous success. You were on Buffalo. I was on Buffalo too after your case and just. It made too much sense in Buffalo. The, the really the Bills in general is the discussion here, and the Cowboys how they're melting themselves in a big game. But everything indicated Buffalo, and it went your way. Yeah, that was a, just a really good spot given all the hype that the Cowboys could build up by playing th- three games in a row at home, beating yep. up on teams not in good spots, putting up a lot of points at Jerry World and then going to play a desperate Buffalo team outdoors in the middle of December. It's just a different Cowboys team away from home. And here we are again with the Cowboys away from home this week in Miami. Yet Hmm. this one is kind of like two two fraudulent teams going against each other because the Dolphins don't beat good teams. So one of two things is going to happen. The Dolphins are going to get their first win over a team that's currently above 500, or the Cowboys are going to beat a good team on the road. One of those two things has to happen this week, um, unless we're due for a tie in Miami, which I'll say isn't going to happen. So that'll be a game that we'll touch on a little bit later, um, as will the monster. Uh, you know, we're saving the best for last. Christmas night, Monday night football. Uh, we got the the two favorites in each conference. San Francisco hosts Baltimore. So that's another big one that we'll talk about. Yeah, I would say, too, if I had to lean, and I know we'll get to this later, but Dallas, at the very least, looked good at Philadelphia, had a chance to win the game at the end. That's at least encouraging as it pertains yep. to Miami, just really complete no-shows. Their whole formula, their their downhill approach completely gets neutralized when they play uh, against good competition. So I, I would say Dallas is the, is the lead there. We'll discuss that later on. Um, and we'll, we'll dive into that Baltimore-San Francisco game and how you might want to bet that game looking ahead multiple weeks. Um, but yeah, I think we're, we're getting the right read. I think this is the point in the year. It's a good reminder with, with the NFL uh, week to week league at this stage. And it's, it's 
like for like I thought another great spot over the weekend was Detroit. Like bounce back spot. You're at home. Denver's riding high. Market kind of overreacts to Denver, and you're laying yes a little bit. You're, you're getting north of four. You're not getting inside a key number, but to bet Detroit in that spot is a comeback. You know, come back down to earth spot for Denver. Jared Goff is not as bad as he's been the last month or so. Uh, good landing spot there for Detroit. Uh, we wanted to talk a little basketball uh, today too, because we're, we're going to be making that transition pretty soon when football is nearing its end. Yep. In in basketball, we can go college or NBA, but you have a few, college basketball. You have something you like for tonight, and we're recording on a Wednesday. Yeah, so we're going to reward the listeners that actually listen to the podcast when it comes out. Hopefully, reward with a, a winner and not a loser, but. Good spot in college hoops tonight. UNC, I, I bet them at minus 125 money line. They're up to minus three. That's about as far as I would go, but I'll lay three. If you got to with the Tar Heels, this is a neutral game, uh, but it's being played in Charlotte, two hours yep. from UNC's campus. Oklahoma's undefeated. Uh, they've looked good, but I'm not quite sure how good <clears throat> they ultimately are. This is going to be their first big real test, whereas UNC – has tested itself against UConn. Yep. Um, UNC just tested itself on Saturday in a game that I took Kentucky, got the right side of that one, but a, a good hard-fought game. Now they're coming off that loss, and they're going to be in their home state playing a big game against Oklahoma. Uh, I, I think this is a really good spot on Wednesday night if you're catching the pod early. Uh, 9 o'clock Eastern tip, so you got a little time. I like this spot for the Tar Heels a lot. Oklahoma defensively has been pretty good, holding their opponents to. And I, I granted, there's some teams in there, but they blasted Providence, who looked good last night. Providence looked really good in their home floor. All, all about the spots, though. Like that was a. I know. Yeah. The Oklahoma one was that at Oklahoma or was that neutral? That was, okay. uh, I believe, it was neutral. I think no, it was that neutral. was no, that was a true Oklahoma home game. True Oklahoma home game. Okay, so that's telling. Like Providence, you want to back it. I'm gonna call it. The, I'm gonna call it the dunk. Whatever go. it is now, um, much better name. The dunk. Uh, they're really tough at home. Yeah. Uh, really tough at home. And you know that that was a good spot against Marquette. I, I backed Providence getting four and a half against uh, against Marquette. So a lot of weight on home teams. A lot of weight on the neutral home teams, even that are playing close to home. Mm-hmm. This is this is by far going to be Oklahoma's toughest test so far. Whereas UConn has kind of gone in and said, hey, we, you know, if you ask college basketball bettors, like who their favorite bets to, to win it all right now are, you, UConn and Kentucky are in the top three, four teams, definitely the top five teams in handle that, that people are betting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that those early season tests for UConn are going to prove valuable in this one against Oklahoma. Yeah. Well, you mean UNC. You talk about UNC. Who did I say? You said UConn, but I would agree that UConn oh, might be well, the best Yeah, team. I mean, UConn it beats everybody, better. so you can keep betting on them, too. Last Friday night, uh, there's a team that home court doesn't matter as much. Took UConn playing in Seattle against Gonzaga, and they just pounded them again. But, yes, UNC, good spot, Oklahoma, on Wednesday night, if you're catching this early enough. Yeah, I think this – I mean, they beat Tennessee. They beat Arkansas. They lost a close one to Villanova, the, the Tar Heels – this this could be a, a game for them if Oklahoma proves to be any good in the uh, in the Big Twelve. That this is a game that UNC kind of has to get to resume builder. Mm-hmm. I, I think UConn's the best team in the country. I still think they raining. They very well they, could be. Yeah, that's it, it, not of course that's not a hot take. They've got the big man. Uh, they've got the shooting on the outside. They they guard. They have the wing depth. Hur- Hurley's got another really great group here. So uh, UConn is formidable. You had a few, uh, looks you had in the NBA too, that you wanted to get to for tomorrow that you're looking at two two NBA spots. We'll talk about, and both of them are playing back to back. So they actually apply to Wednesday night. If you're catching it early and Thursday night, two of the better props going in the NBA right now. One I've been given out on Twitter, given out on follow the money constantly. And it's Kobe white. Those last nine games since Zach Levine went out, he's nine and O to the over on his points, rebounds, assists prop. He's averaging 25.4 points, 6.8 assists, 6.4 rebounds in those nine games. His points, rebounds, assists prop has moved from 28.5 to now 33.5 on Wednesday is the highest it's been. I'll back him to keep going over, and then whether he does it or not, unless it goes up like 36.5 or higher, I'll, I'll back it again on Thursday. Similar situation for Colin Sexton. 
last four games, uh, Keontae George got hurt four minutes into the Knicks game in a game Jordan Clarkson wasn't playing in. Both of those guys have been out since. Both of those guys remain out. In the last four games, Colin Sexton is averaging 27 points per game in 32 and a half minutes per game. His point prop on Wednesday opened 21 and a half. It's been opening 21 and a half. Took the over on that. We'll see what it does on, on Thursday. Um, but Sexton, uh, he's scored at least 26 in each of those four games, too. So he's been very consistent. Uh, that's another NBA prop right now that I think is consistently worth the look for as long as both Keontae George and Jordan Clarkson are out for Utah. Quickly, buying in on the Clippers. Do you think they've yeah, they, I think, they've, they've I think you have together? to. They've, they've found something. They'll probably lose it at some point over the course of the season. But as long as we've seen the flashes, then we know they can do it. So as long as they're healthy going into the postseason, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they have to be taken seriously. Eight straight wins. They got a kind of a tough stretch here. They're on the road for two. Then they host Boston yeah, eight, Saturday. Eight straight wins as of Wednesday the 20th. Um, yep. You know, they're about to play at Dallas, at OKC, back-to-back. Um, so we'll see how those go. Uh you know, Wednesday and Thursday of this week. Yep, back-to-back. Then they get Boston Saturday uh, before the Celtics go to play the Lakers Christmas Day. So, okay, without further ado, we'll welcome in our friend Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. He's with Julian for Odds Are. All right, it's that time. You heard the music. You know what it means. It's time for Odds Are with Mr. Johnny Avello, the director of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, how are we doing this week? Hi, Jules. Things are well here in Las Vegas. Thank you. All right, let's get into it. Felt like uh, plenty more public sides in the NFL went down in Week 15. The Bengals, depending on the number or you pushed there, a lot of pushes recently, actually, in, in NFL, it feels like. Um, Broncos, public dog, they get smoked in Detroit. Giants, everybody wants to bet. Tommy Cutlets, they get smoked in New Orleans. Falcons, how can the Panthers win a game? Well, they did because the Falcons are just that bad. Cowboys were rolling. They go down in Buffalo. Eagles on Monday night football, a lot of QB controversy. But, hey, dog won outright for the seventh time in a row on Monday night football. All those good results for you behind the counter at DraftKings Sportsbook? Yeah, well, the Bengals didn't work out well for us because of the number. They opened up pick and closing number fell on the final outcome of three, so not good there. Broncos were a wash. Uh, Colts beating the Steelers was our only profitable game on Saturday. We won both the side and the total. On Sunday, you mentioned the Giants, the Giants, Falcons, Cowboys. They were they were certainly wins for the house. Um, Ravens game was the biggest handle with the best outcome. Uh, and the Seahawks winning on Monday Night Football was really a good one for us. So, yeah, there were some good ones there uh, towards the end of the day. That was the the public or the house that did well Sunday night? That was the house. Oh, everybody was taking the points with the Jags, huh? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Those Baltimore Ravens, uh, everybody knows Lamar Jackson on the road is an underdog. We know those ATS numbers. Um, I do want to talk uh, other games. Where what were some games where the public that we didn't mention there cashed some week sixteen, uh, week fifteen tickets? I mentioned a couple of those games from Saturday that were good for us, uh, good for the public. Uh, the Chiefs, the Niners, the Rams—they were all big number movers. They all got there. Uh, they were really good for the public. And the Browns winning by three over the Bears, that helped their cause too. Uh, mostly that money was coming in at around two and a half or so. Uh, strange one that one was. I thought the Bears were in good shape on that one, but Bears are never in good shape. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Survivor here for a second. We we did it a couple weeks ago. We have a ton of options here on DraftKings. We talked about crowning a champion in the uh, $1,000 buy-in a couple weeks ago when uh, there were 13 teams left. Six people went one way, six people went the other, and he was left with the lone winner in that one. Uh, how are some of the other Survivor leagues uh, shaping up on DraftKings? The $100 one, uh, $100 entry fee, Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other lower price points, they're still intact. 
Uh, for the $100 survivor, I think there's about 41 people left in the prize pool. Wow. We have one and a half million. There's not a lot of people left with getting going deep into the season. I know it, but uh, they're, they're shooting for a lot of money there. One and a half million dollars, approximately around one and a half million. So also we'll see what happens. How many teams can you have left? Not many. Not good ones, huh? Not, not good ones. Time to plug your nose and uh, pick some tough teams for one and a half million dollars. No pressure. Um. Looking forward, week 16, what are the uh, some of the early sides that you're seeing betters jump on? Uh, the, the Packers at the Panthers, that opened four and a half. That's now up to five. They like the Browns with Joe Flacco leading the team at the Texans. Game open, Texans pick. Now it's Browns two and a half. Uh, they're playing the Bucks, who are now one point favorite over the Jags with Trevor Lawrence's status unknown. Uh, I know in Trevor Lawrence, if there's any possible way for him to be in a lineup, he will. But it hasn't seen the shake in the lineup when he's been questionable when he when he does get announced as a starter. Might in this one. Uh, Bears at home over the cards. Uh, that seems some play. The Broncos uh, in Denver over the Pats. They're both seeing some play. I think those games are more against, aren't they? I shouldn't talk about the teams they're playing on. It's probably more against the teams they're playing against. Maybe I'll have to ask, start asking it that way uh, <laughs> next week because as we go down the stretch, the further we get into NFL, it seems like more bet against teams than bet on teams. Um, we're going to move things over to college now. It's bowl season. We've talked about it a little bit. Numbers moving all over the place. We're barely underway, and we already have uh, arguably the worst beat of, of bowl season. Old Dominion. Opens up a small dog. They touch as high as six-and-a-half-point favorites. They go up on a Western Kentucky team that's shorthanded, 28 to nothing. They wind up losing the game in overtime outright. Um, I had some Old Dominion minus 125 on the money line, and that one felt great about the number. Watch the game go. We're going to run away with this one. I want to know the results specifically for DraftKings Sportsbook on on that game because that was one of the crazier outcomes uh, that you'll see in a bowl game. Well, the action was much better than I thought it would be going up against Monday Night Football. Uh, and it's probably the most that I, I got to say it is the most we've ever written on either team. Uh, because, you know, those teams just don't attract a lot of attention. Uh, we actually lost on that game with the late money coming in on WKU and the over. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, we're going to go to some other bowls. Results uh, that have benefited you guys so far, that have benefited the betters so far. Obviously, you just mentioned betters wound up doing well on that that Monday afternoon uh, Western Kentucky Old Dominion game. What are some of the other bigger results so far, whether it be uh, profitable for you guys or paying out some tickets to the public? You know, a lot of these aren't going to be big name teams, of course, because, nope. you know, we're in these uh, these bowl games where the teams that, you know, don't get a lot of they do get played. Don't get me wrong, but not not like the upper echelon of uh, of college football. Uh, Jacksonville State winning overtime. Uh, App uh, App State not covering over Miami O and Fresno beating New Mexico State. Where they they were all small winners for us. Uh, UCLA winning over Boise State. Texas Tech destroying Cal. They were two good ones for the betters. Uh, so let's let's go to a question that you know may or may not uh, carry weight whenever you listen to this podcast. But we have games moving like crazy every every week, so it may not have happened now. This th- these moves may happen right before kickoff. We learn more guys are in or out or whatever. But we've been talking every week about the bowl games. So specifically over the last week since we've last talked, any uh, big movers or sides that have taken significant money for bowl games that are yet to kick off. Oh, many, many. And we'll talk about the current ones coming up. Troy against Duke in the Birmingham Bowl. That one's moved a few points. Uh, certainly that has some of that has to do with, uh, you know, Duke missing, <laughs> missing some key players. Uh, yes. Utah State over Georgia State in the Potato Bowl. Northwestern taking uh, – they've been taking the seven and a half and the seven versus Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. Bowling Green with the points, playing Minnesota in a quick lane bowl at Ford Field. That one's moved a couple of points. And then Kansas, laying 11 
That's up over 12, now over UNLV and the guaranteed rate bowl in Phoenix. Now, I said guaranteed rate, Jules. I didn't say guaranteed spread. So anyway, those are some of the games coming up uh, here quickly over the next week or so that have been big movers. Thank you for clarifying that. We're going to jump over to NBA for a minute now, talk about some recent trends. Clippers have suddenly gotten it together. As we record on Wednesday, they've won eight in a row. They're about to play on both Wednesday and Thursday night in a, a doubleheader against good teams in the Mavericks and the Thunder. Uh, is that a team that betters have been profiting on? Have they jumped on this stretch uh, You know, as the winning streak got going? And how has the handle been for them specifically in the futures market these last seven to ten days? I would say yes and no to that question. They certainly have played them more than not in, in this eight-game run or so. In the futures market, you see some play there. They're playing them. They're down to 14-1 to one after being a slightly bigger number than that. Uh, you know, it looks like George and Leonard and Harden are all lighting it up lately. Uh, George and Leonard, certainly. Uh, Harden has his times where, you know, he throws in his 30. The big question for this team is, can the team be healthy when the playoffs come around a couple yep. of months down the road? But, you know, right now, uh, they're a handful. Looking around the rest of the league, what are some other uh, NBA teams that have uh, gotten some respect from betters recently? Respect. Yeah, I guess, you know, besides the money, Celts, yeah. money, big money. <laughs> yeah. Besides the Celts and the Bucks, the Timberwolves, who come out of the gate, uh, yeah. starting gate, full stride, Lakers, who won the – NBA tournament, uh, <laughs> and always they just always get some love from the betters. Anyway, they're seeing some play at had the window. Had to hang that banner, huh? They had to hang it, right? Isn't that crazy? I don't know about that. <laughs> Especially it's the Lakers. Like this isn't the OKC Thunder won it. Like you're putting it up there with what do the Lakers have? Sixteen, um, you know, historic franchise. I don't know about that move. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you what, the um, the Pistons would like to hang that banner. Sure, uh, they'll, they'll hang anything. <laughs> hang a banner for a win if they can win a game. I can tell you a couple of teams that aren't seeing uh, much love, and that's the futures market. That's the Spurs, the Pistons, the Wizards, the Blazers, the Grizzlies. They're all just having a really difficult season. Are people – you may or may not know the answer to this. I'm, I'm freelancing here a little bit. But are, how much are people just throwing – the team playing the Pistons in money line parlays, not even worrying about the points, but it's just getting thrown into every money line parlay. I'll tell you what we're seeing there. Anywhere over the past eight games or so, I looked, I went back and looked at some of that money line play. And what I've seen is anywhere's from three to eight times the amount on their opponent on the money line. So yeah, that they've been playing that for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, the Pistons have not been working. Talk about something that has been working, and that's Kobe White on his props. We're up to now nine games in a row since Zach Levine went out that Kobe White's gone over his points, rebounds, and assists prop. I think you guys have moved it from 28.5 along the way to now 33.5 as we record for the Wednesday night game, December 20th, against the Lakers. Uh, this has been one that I've been riding the the whole way. How has the handle been on on these props? Have people been taking notice? Yeah, pretty fair. Uh, you know, betters have picked up on this over the last five or so. You mentioned he gets LeBron and company for this next contest. I think his points are around 22 and a half. Does that sound about right? Yeah, I think yeah, that's what he's been floating around 22 and a half. 22 and a half range. And uh, he only averages about 17 and a half. So, uh, you know, we got it jacked up a little bit. And I, I'm still expecting more play on the over. Well, that's because he's averaging 25.4 points since Levine went out. Yep. Odds makers have to make the decision in your chair. Where are you going to put it? Yep, exactly. Uh, going to do, let's see, other props, other props, because I know Kobe White's been one. Any other NBA props that have been uh, popular plays recently in the NBA? Uh, how about how about Jokic every game first field goal points and rebounds? How about Embiid every game points and rebounds? <laughs> how about Durant points and Curry and Doncic three pointers made and Trey Young points and assists and many others daily? Yeah, you know props really really have taken off over the last couple of years and certainly every year seems to be bigger and bigger for us uh, in in all categories all sports. 
So you're saying that people like betting overs on superstar players. Yes, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> gotcha. All right, that's odds are with Johnny Avello uh, here on Unreasonable Odds. Johnny, thank you for the time. Happy holidays, and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Happy holidays to everyone out there. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks to Johnny, as always, for stopping by the podcast. Let's wrap things up. We'll talk football. I know you brought up bowl games and that disgusting ending for Old Dominion backers, but we'll move on, Julian. We need to move forward here in bowl season. And you do you are targeting a game for uh, early next week, West Virginia and UNC. You already have a play on this game, but you're actually going to add some more on the Mountaineers. Yeah, so this one's next Wednesday, the 27th. Um, we will have a podcast on the 27th, but I'd be giving it out kind of last minute then. I played West Virginia minus three in this game. I wish I had given it out earlier. Now it's six and a half. West Virginia opened a small dog. People anticipated Drake May and others sitting. They are, and now it's kind of soared. But at under seven, I think it's fine. West Virginia had a really good year. It seems like they're bought into this game. Um, and if you're bought into this game and UNC is going to be sitting a lot of guys, I, I would anticipate West Virginia uh, being the right side, winning this by by seven or more. It's been kind of tough in bowl season in the early going with some of these teams, but some of these smaller schools are a lot harder to project, uh, you know, motivation and, you know, backups when, when other guys are sitting. Uh, so I, I think as we get to some of these bigger schools, it, it becomes a little more clear that some of these line moves could wind up being the right side. Now, if you don't want to lay more than three and it's getting a little late, like there's another game the next night that is somewhat of a similar situation. I know one that you had your eye on, Louisville and USC. You know, a, a West Virginia, Louisville money line parlay is like right around minus 110. Um, essentially like a, like a teaser. So, uh, but actually better, uh, better odds. Cause teasing it, you, you would have to still lay a point and a half with, right. uh, Louisville. So that's another option gets you a, a Wednesday and, or is, are those both Wednesday? I don't even know. Think. Um, yes, they are. They bar, they are both Wednesday. You've got, okay, there you go. So there's, they go there's, back to back. They got UNC West Virginia's at five 30 and then USC Louisville is at night game. game. Okay. Yeah. So I, I don't mind that either. If you don't want to lay the points, I, I think that's a good way to attack a couple of those Wednesday uh, bowl games. Yeah. USC's a mess. They've got a bunch of guys in the portal. It's crumbling before our eyes and we know Williams isn't playing of course. And then Louisville's list is a lot shorter as it pertains to transfer portal draft guys, yeah, and for for UNC, no May. They've got their center, I think, is out too. Uh, who's going to be a part of me? That's West Virginia center. West Virginia center is going to be out uh, due to injury. Yeah. Um, but as far as injuries are concerned, the the the, the UNC side is more problematic uh, in that game. So yeah, I mean, this is the teams that have the potential number one and number two pick in the draft in USC yeah. and UNC. So. Those those quarterbacks aren't going to play, and there's probably going to be a lot of trickle down pieces around them that don't. There okay, are so in the NFL, let's go to the NFL. Another loaded schedule with games on several days with the holiday uh, upcoming. You've got two games on. You get you get the Saints and the Rams Thursday, two games Saturday, 
you've got a bunch of games on Sunday, three Christmas Day games on Monday night or Monday afternoon. Um, I think we'll just start. We'll go in order. I want to touch Thursday night here for a second. I think the Rams are the right side. I I thought this number would move beyond four. There were some three and a halves available. I know you like. I know you have something on the Saints to win the NFC South. I just find the NFC South, and you hit on this with Johnny about Carolina and Atlanta. It is just a god awful division. The totals at forty six. I know the Saints are ravaged with injuries. Total under might be the move here too because I don't trust anything. And I know Baker Mayfield's look good with Tampa. I think Samir will talk about Tampa maybe later on. Under, and I think it's Rams or nothing here. Uh, yeah, I, I would probably agree. Um, you know, somebody's got to win the the NFC South. Uh, yes, and you know because those other teams are so bad, I I thought that the Saints had a pretty good chance. We'll we'll see how they close, but. If I bet Thursday night football, it's probably Rams or pass. My debacle is that with the the Saints tickets, obviously I want to root for the Saints outright. Yep. Um, but if I lean Rams, can I lay Rams minus four? What if the Rams win by three and my Saints ticket starts to get further and further away and I lose my Thursday night football bet, I won't be a happy guy. So yeah. I'll decide what I'm going to do there. But again, you're not me, so you don't have tickets in pocket. You're probably just looking at this game. I, I would probably lay Rams minus four. They're playing really well right now. So Buffalo comes off a big win against Dallas, and I'm talking spread here. Do you have to hold your nose and bet the Chargers this week? Is it, it, Like, you're getting 11 and a half. <laughs> I know the quarterback. They brought in a quarterback this week. I forget his name. Easton Stick, I think, is still at the starter. But they brought in another quarterback this week. I'm pretty they sure brought in uh, Will Greer, didn't they? Will Greer. That's right. New England. Um, I, I don't have interest. I know Sharp, I think Sharp betters are on Pittsburgh uh, in the earlier game on Saturday, the 23rd. Yeah, Pittsburgh plus two. Um, Saturday is I'm, – I'm not, I'm not betting the NFL on Saturday. There's some okay. good NBA. There's some college football and college basketball. I can't get to these two games on Saturday. What you're supposed to do, home on home double digit underdogs in the NFL at this have a very good record against the spread. This is a spot Buffalo can maybe take their foot off the gas and and get yes. the win. I Trent says you're supposed to bet it. I'm I'm not betting on the Chargers at this point in time. And you got the coach fired uh narrative as well. Uh-huh. Like you know, all, all the trends say you you bet the Chargers here. That's where I would lean, but I'm I'm just gonna leave it. And James Cook's been running the ball well. I know in those big marquee games, Kansas City, Dallas, it's Josh. Josh Allen didn't have a great game on the ground. He didn't really have to because the Bills were gifted with ineptitude by the Cowboys. But this is a game to me. This feels like the Jets game when they made the change at offensive coordinator a few weeks ago. Run the football. And if the Chargers, I, I would imagine if the Chargers have any life in this game with their younger receivers, even the the backfield behind Eckler, I don't know if guys are playing for incentives at this stage. That, that That's really it uh, for anything. And I know their draft position matters. But, yeah, I think it's a great call. The coach fired narrative the, the week after. This might be a Buffalo just grind it out, run the ball, and you might you might have to hold your nose and bet the Chargers. Okay, let's go to let's go to Sunday. Um, some spots that you might uh, you might like for this week. There's some really tight ones here. Like, for example, Cle- no, no. So the, the news of the week is as far as the AFC South is CJ Stroud is likely to miss another game. So yep. we'll see Case Keenum at quarterback and Joe Flacco. And I heard Johnny talk about this. Joe Flacco is getting a lot of love now from uh, from the public and from the from the betting standpoint. So Cleveland's laying two and a half at Houston. I've got a ticket on D'Amico Ryan's coach of the year. They somehow found a way to win that game in overtime. Singletary ran the ran the heck out of the ball. Um, I thought Tennessee was probably going to win that game, but not the case. It's re- it's it's repetitive now. The last two months with these backup quarterbacks playing in these games, that you might just not want to play them. And I, I that you've been consistent on that. You've just basically picked a game where you just think the market is not correct or it's overreacting to the previous couple of weeks. And we'll get to that in best bets in a second. I I hate it, but I think Cleveland's probably the right play here. I, I think Cleveland's the better better defense and Houston Houston got lucky to beat Tennessee this past week. It's a pass for me because Houston's coming off that 
high, but I would yep. lean Houston in this game. Only okay. reason why, I'll just Hope give you right. one stat on the game. The Browns have the best scoring defense in the NFL at home. They allow 13.1 points per game. Okay. They have the worst scoring defense in the NFL on the road. Really? 30.7 points per game. So you want to talk about two polar opposites. Browns have a great defense. Browns have a great defense. They've only been dominant at home. Well, and, and against that division, they were horrible against Indianapolis. And that was a dome game. This will be in a better yep. atmosphere, 13, too. 13.1 at home, 30.7 on the road. Um, uh, I don't – it's, it's I'm, I'm not going to bet the game, but uh, that, I, that stat is telling. Okay. Let's do two more. I know you have a best bet on this game, but, but we have to hit Dallas-Miami. We discussed it at, at the top of the show. Um, this is when you're really fu- – I mean, are the Dolphins frauds? I think so. Dallas, they won three in a row at home. They didn't cover against Seattle. Then they beat Philadelphia, and they hand it to them. Bad spot for Philly. And then Dallas completely lays an egg in bad weather, not in their home building. And for Miami, we've talked about Miami at length, and the whole world has, how well they look against bad teams, run up the score. The Tennessee game was an outlier where they just didn't finish the game, and there was 30-plus points scored in the fourth quarter. I, I, I can't believe it. I trust Dallas here against Miami. Uh, totals at 51 in this game, too. So that's some faith in Vic Bangio's defense and what Dan, um, Dan Quinn's doing in Dallas. Do you have, just before, before you hit on this game more specifically, just is there another angle to bet besides a side or a total that you might be looking at in this game? I'm just looking at a side. Uh, it's not a, a best bet for me. I'll save something else for best bets, but okay. it is one that I bet and put in my article this week. A one-unit play on Dallas plus the one and a half. Um, like I said to you, this is this is going to be the the fraud bowl hmm. because Miami has not beat a team that currently has a record better than five hundred. They've lost to the Chiefs, um, the Bills, and the Eagles, and it was by an average of like I think sixteen points per game or something. Now right. none of them were at home. Cowboys, meanwhile, dominant at home. They haven't beat anybody on the road. They got smoked by the Niners. They got uh, they lost at Philly, and obviously just got smoked in Buffalo. Now they're playing a second consecutive road game. I lean to Dallas. I, I think they get right off the loss, and that Miami yeah. is the team that really can't beat good teams. Tyree Kill's dinged up. Waddle is a little dinged up. Um, let me see. I think we have a number on Cowboys off a loss. Now, of course, it wasn't they're they're three and zero against the spread, covering by like fifteen points per game off a loss this season. But okay. two of those bounce back spots were at home. One was on the road. They did uh, win and beat the Chargers in a Monday Night Football game when the Chargers mm-hmm. were still healthy. Um, let's see. I think I have a number where that. Goes I just think it gets a good front. Miami can't. That's. If you have a good front, you're pretty good. And I don't think Miami can yeah. play. And not to mention, like you said, the injuries to their receivers. They're when Tua gets the ball out quickly, problems. And so, since the start of the 2021 season, Cowboys 12 and one against the spread after a loss. Mm. They generally rebound well. Um, so again, one one unit play. This isn't. I've been making big plays on Niners against Eagles, then the Cowboys against the Eagles. Then the Bills against the Cowboys. I've had a good sure. feel for how those teams are going to kind of go. A little less confident here, but enough for a, a one-unit play on Dallas. Well, even, you know, I, I know it wasn't a win for you, but even Kansas City-Buffalo was – that came down to a Kadarius Tony. The only misses are when I back Kansas City. <laughs> backed him against Philly, backed him against the Bills. Yep. All right, let's spend a minute on uh, the, the Monday night Christmas game. It's – this could be the game of the year. Uh, it, it feels like sure. it with the two favorites in each conference, Baltimore, San Francisco. I said this to you before we recorded. I think if you like Baltimore, just go ahead and bet Lamar Jackson to an MVP. If you haven't already invested in that at plus 450, Brock Purdy's minus 200. If you like the Ravens, don't play the plus 190 on the money line. Play the Jackson MVP because if they're going to win this game, it's going to be because of Lamar Jackson, I would think. And maybe... 
I don't know. I mean, I know Brock Purdy said that he thinks Christian McCaffrey is the MVP. He's 10 to 1 right now at DK Sportsbook. I, I guess if it's a big McCaffrey, not, I, just, I think Baltimore can run on this team. And it, that's not because I think San Francisco is bad. I just think we saw James Conner and Kyler Murray sort of give San Francisco some difficulty. And again, it's a look ahead game. They still, San Francisco still covered. Uh, they still found a way at the end of the game because Arizona's defense is horrible. Uh, but but as you hit on, and Johnny brought this up, it's Baltimore on the road. Um, so that's Baltimore where I have. On the road. Yeah, Baltimore on the road, very good against the spread. I'll save my breakdown for this game for best bets. Um, but yes, if you like Baltimore, again they're five five and a half point dogs. You might as well take some money line if you think they're going to win. But yeah, you can use some of that on Lamar Jackson MVP because there probably is a very big shift there um, at, at the top of the board. Okay. All right, uh, let's do best bets, shall we? I think we've hit on the games we want to talk about. Um, um, yeah, that's that's everything I want to talk about leading into best bets. Yeah, we're good. Okay, it's a week to week league. Uh, why don't we? You know, why don't we go to the hottest guy on the podcast? Allegedly, uh, Samir right. has rejoined us. So Samir had Baltimore last week. He played. It's a game I, I I agreed when he bet Denver at L.A. That was the second-to-last game for Brandon Staley as the coach because um, of the Raiders' blowout, but then even the Denver game, I'm like, okay. And then Herbert went down, of course. Where are you this week, Samir, for week 16 in the NFL? I'm assuming it's an NFL play. It is. <clears throat> it is an NFL play. Uh, there's not much – that I love right now, but I've been looking at it more and more. And I think I'm going to go to my Seattle Seahawks here to cover two and a half. What's that? They're your, they're yours now. They're your Seahawks. I'm claiming them. I'm claiming them after I visited Seattle this summer. Cause I, oh. I can't root for the Patriots this year. So okay. Seattle uh, at Tennessee, two and a half. Um, Gino's supposed to be back. Road and... favorite after a dramatic Monday night win. Yeah, I, I, Pete, wow. I, I am a little concerned about this because Pete Carroll, God love the guy, 72 years old, full of energy. Almost too much telling his team to enjoy this game, enjoy this game. Now you got to get on a plane, go all the way east to play this feisty, annoying Titans team. Um, I mean, what do we right, do? I mean, like, maybe you might analysis. Be- no, no, no. It's okay. This is an open table. Uh, it's a, We can all embrace the bait here a little bit. Uh, I want to know what you guys think of Will Levis after last week and, and what's going to go on with him. Getting banged up and such. I mean, you think... Yeah. It's not a bad point. I'd almost like... I, I, kind, of, I kind of hope it's Geno Smith because Drew Locke is kind of a TB. TB. Um, I don't know if I should say it on the podcast. Tool blank. Um, wow. Going to have to censor that one, Glash. Potty mouth. I'm pretty sure you can say tool bag, Glash. I think he's just a big, big tool. And did you guys see the clip of uh, him looking into the camera and then DK Metcalf like made him flinch after his DK Metcalf c- c- comes alive at the end. Uh, I thought I, you were going to say prefer here. In your case, it is Gino Smith. This out. Samir can bleep this out. A TB, tool bag. You think he can't? I thought you were going to say total b- Yep, that one I Here's definitely right, have. Marking that down in notes to bleep it out. All right. I kind of like that one, too. Um, yeah. That works, too, for TB. Yep. Uh, all right. So, Seattle, laying two and a half at Tennessee. <laughs> at Tennessee. And you ho- you, you want Gino. Is it a stay away if it's Drew Locke, or you hope it's Gino? I, I prefer Gino, for sure. Uh, if it is Drew Locke, I mean, Gino's expect – everything I've seen looks like Gino is going to play. But if – doesn't go according to plan here and it is drew lock it'll make me i'd like to see what where it moves if it becomes more of a pick i like it i like it even more but yeah. uh i don't know maybe i won't play it if it's drew lock yeah. at two and a half i guess I, what i'm trying to figure out is seattle couldn't stop a nosebleed early in the year on defense and then they play philly but then you say to yourself well is that more about matt patricia and coaching the defense and philly just being lost on offense like that's the bat. Those are the battles you're picking now in the NFL. Was it more about the team that stunk that they beat the last week or just Philly being in a bad way? Or is it about Seattle finding something? And 
I thought they got a little, I mean, DK Metcalf made a hell of a catch. And then of course, uh, JSN makes the catch in the end zone, but there was a few plays where Metcalf like completely bails out the quarterback. And there was another play though. They ran a screen, just get the ball out and let these guys make, uh, get the, get the yak. Um, but I mean, I think and who knows think, you know, the other angle too with Mike Vrabel is who knows how long you know is Mike Vrabel on the out? Does is, is it just is it kind of crumbling there? I don't know. I, interested? I, is he is he looking game. already ahead to New today. England? Maybe possibly. Uh, no, yeah. I think. I mean, I think. Listen, Seattle obviously started the season really hot, and they had that tough stretch from the Rams all the way really to the Eagles game where they wasn't necessarily Lost a spot I thought they'd come out on top, but yeah. they did. You know, they had that stretch uh, with the t- a Rams team surging. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of was their spot to turn around their season. 49ers, obviously that was going to be a tough game. Cowboys was a tough loss too. Then again, going back to the 49ers at San Fran. It was pretty tough stretch of games there. And now they find themselves in the middle of that muck in the NFC. Uh, all those 7-7 seven and seven teams trying it's to a playoff fight. game. They're, 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 they are playing playoff games right now. Exactly. So yeah. Gino's gonna, if Gino goes... I think this team, I think this team is motivated enough to step up and not let that big win last week get to their heads when they know. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of you know seasoned veterans here. Pete Carroll, I know he is a rah rah kind of guy and can yeah. be very excitable, but I, I think that they have the, the Titans aren't really playing for anything. So I, I yeah. think when it comes down to it, this is this is a spot for 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 uh, Seattle as long as Geno's in. Okay. But I spoke too much, so you want to? No, it's go. my fault. I was peppering you with follow up questions, and I mean, you did takes. take over my take, but that's okay. Go ahead, I was, Flash. Let's I was, see I was helping you uh, elevate your t- opinion. Re- another hold your nose one for me. A couple of pushes the last couple of weeks. So I've been I've been a Bears backer uh, on the podcast, and now the Bears are laying more than a field goal at home. Uh, weather-wise, I don't think it's going to be as ugly as it was in Cleveland when they were just there. I, I I think Justin Fields is saving face in Chicago, but I don't think the Cardinals are – they're horrible on defense, granted, but I think they're still pretty competent offensively. I am going to – I'm going to give two. I'm going to give – because it's going to lead into Julian's. The first one's going to be Arizona plus four. The Cardinals are moving the ball. This tight end, they've got Trey, um, I forget his last name, but connecting short short throws. Kyler Murray is is a problem um, for defenses. And the Bears, as we know, sold off some piece. Uh, got, they added the piece in sweat. Um, I think the Bears defensively was not as good. That you got to keep the weather in mind from last week. Kyler's causing fits, playing for his job still too. So two quarterbacks that are playing for their jobs. Kyler Murray playing for his job in Arizona is what I mean to be more specific there. Uh, getting more than a field goal, I'll take the Cardinals. I actually thought they looked pretty good. In, again, look ahead spot maybe for San Francisco. And then that leads into pick two, which I know Julian's going to hit this game. I'm going to go ahead and take over in San Francisco, Baltimore, over 46 and a half uh, in this game. I don't think I don't think San Francisco, while there's star power everywhere on defense, the Ravens will struggle defensively against the skill guys of San Francisco. Um, it might it might be a McCaffrey receiving game, not a McCaffrey run game. And uh, Baltimore's, got, Baltimore's got a passing game now. And I think that number being at 46 and a half, still, it's still priced. It's still, the market is still looking at the Ravens just a run first team, but they've, they've got a passing game. They've got a passing game. Likely has been just fine at tight end instead of Andrews. And they'll get Flowers uh, more involved uh, this week, I think. San Francisco is a little suspect um, when they, you know, throttle bad teams. I think uh, this is going to be an up and down kind of game. I really believe that. So uh, I take, I'll take Cardinals plus four, Ravens Niners over 46 and a half. Julian. All right. I'm squaring it up this week. Um, going yeah, to a money you. line parlay. Not sure if I've done this, but it pays better than the uh, teaser just to get the two teams to win the game and those teams to win the game are going to be Christmas Eve night game Denver at home over New England and the Christmas night game the Niners at home over the Ravens I know Lamar Jackson is an underdog terrific but this is as tough as it gets going to San Francisco uh, against a team that's really trying to prove itself after after last season and kind of knock off all these good teams in a potential Super Bowl preview here Um, I, I do think that the Niners have enough firepower 
to get this one done at home. Uh, but I will, you know, at kind of that weird number of, of five, um, you know, bypass the points here because I think that uh, I think that on Christmas Eve, uh, Denver in a bounce back spot after losing Saturday night in Detroit, you get the longer week to prep coming off the Saturday game. Uh, New England's never played well in in Denver. No, uh, Broncos have won six of eight after starting one of five. They're right in the mix for a spot in the AFC playoffs. They have the Chargers at home on deck. They should win these two teams at home against the Patriots and Chargers to get to nine and seven and give themselves a chance to get to 10 wins going to Vegas uh, for the season finale. This would be a, you know, backbreaking loss for Denver at home for its entire season to a Patriots team that just can't move the ball. I, I don't think they're going to move the ball well uh, in, in Denver. I I would look, I would lean under in the game. I don't think it's going to be, you know, a high flying Denver attack, especially against yeah. this New England defense. But uh, I have a hard time believing that Denver doesn't have enough to, to get the win. The pricing, the six and a half, maybe it gets to seven. Or does it, this, the, the way this game looks, I just, the total at 34, six, six and a half, it reminds me of the Pittsburgh spot. But, yeah, but Denver's offensive better. coach, better quarterback, awful loss for Denver, getting humiliated in prime time. I would agree. And you're right, Patriots have never played well there, even with Brady. Yeah, this is this is a hard spot uh for New England. So we'll see how it goes. I'm not I'm I'm not like I don't have total faith in uh Denver's Covering. offense against the way the Patriots defense is playing. But yeah. that's why I feel like this is a game that I don't want to lay the points. I just want to pick the winner. Um, and I feel that about both both games. So I'll, I'll put them together here. A couple of my most confident teams to win in NFL Week 16. Okay, that is going to do it for this week's episode of Unreasonable Odds presented by DraftKings. Very soon we will have our full college football playoff preview. Uh, I think we'll do that next week. Uh, so yep. we'll get that on the books for next week. Uh, we will be here next week just after Christmas. And uh, we will go from there. For Samir and Julian, Brendan Glasheen, thanks for listening as always. Thanks to Johnny Avello as well for stopping by. You all have a great Christmas, a great holiday. And we'll talk to you again next week on Unreasonable Odds, presented by DraftKings. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 